0: I'm really excited about this particular sermon because I am praying that this will be the most consequential sermon uh, that I give this year because of what the the potential impact that I'm hoping it will have on your destinies. Um, First of all, as you notice, let's give God praise for our brand new doors. They finally... Amen. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. I I don't don't think you realize that um, they're not just doors, but they're doors to the house of the Lord. And um, the devil was fighting tooth and nail to make sure that those doors would not get in. Um, The doors were actually supposed to be installed, including the pandemic, giving allowance for the pandemic They were supposed to be installed in um, September and and a whole lot of crazy stuff happened including, believe it or not, the shop where the doors are being constructed caught on fire. And uh, I think about three weeks ago my wife and I were in here and the Lord said to me you need to understand that this door situation is not just saying something natural. It is demonic. So we began to, we come here on Friday nights to pray at midnight, and we began to lay hands on the doors about three weeks ago, and praise God, prayer changes things, as myself and many others were praying over these doors, and they're gonna be completed uh, this week, and I believe, the enemy is just a sign that the enemy does not want us to reopen. Praise the Lord. But we, we, are, we are glad to be here again, and we're going to celebrate. Uh, for those of you who want to let you know, we're going to have a renovation celebration on Saturday, uh, September 11th at 11 o'clock, where we're going to uh, have a celebration uh, ceremony outside, 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 so that we can give God a public praise. Praise the Lord. And so, um, if you are interested in helping out with the the celebration and you want to be a part of the Renovation Celebration Committee, uh, please uh, see, uh, write, or respond to the email, which is renovation2021 at ptspice.org. Praise the name of the Lord. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, NIV, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 and 10, New Living Translation. The glory of this present house, the glory of this present house, PT South, Magazine Street, the glory of this present present house will be greater than the glory of the former previous house, says the Lord Almighty. This place is going to be better than when we first purchased it. Amen. I said this place is going to be better than when we first purchased it, because it's for the glory of God. You need to understand, are you, what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that, maybe many of you don't realize, it, but this building came about that close to becoming condominiums. And by the grace of God, we were able to purchase it. If we did not purchase this building, another house of the Lord would have become condos. And so, this house is gonna be greater than it was previously, because God saved this house. He didn't save this house for Pentecostal Tabernacle, he saved this house for himself. Amen. Can we just give God praise for what he's doing? This is about him, not us, it's about him. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, Then he, that is the angel, said to me, This is what the Lord says is Zerubbabel. It is not by force or by might, nor by strength or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Do not despise these days of small beginnings. For the Lord, he rejoices simply to see the work begin. I like what Paul said in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, he's going to perform it. He's going to perform it. I want to talk to you on a subject, three people that I need in my life, particularly in this season, three people that I need in my life, particularly for this season. And as I look at this text and this story about how Israel was delivered out of Babylon, which means uh, Judah, was delivered out of Babylon, which means confusion, and brought back to Jerusalem, which is the city of peace, I discovered that there were three people that God used to make sure that his plan, that his house was, be, was being rebuilt, that his house became what he envisioned it to be. Now, I said to you before that there are three houses that God is interested in. First, he's interested, of course, in this house called the church. He said in Isaiah 56, verse 7, and Matthew 21, verse 13, he said, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. So he's concerned about his house. He's also concerned about our homes or our residence. I believe it's Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15, the King James Version, where Joshua says, as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and also in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, there's another house he's concerned with, and that is our bodies. Our bodies are the house or the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God is concerned about his houses, and there are three people that that we need in order for the house of God to reach its apex, for in other words, in other words, for, in order for God's house, whether it's this house, whether it's your home, whether it's ourselves, and if we're going to reach our maximum calling, we need three people to, that God will send to make sure we do that. Number one, God's going to send a prophet. You need a prophet. Number two, you need a prayer. pray-er T-R-A-Y-E-R, and number three, you need a praiser. Three people that God will send in your life, a, pray- a prophet, a prayer, and a praiser. I'm not sure how much I'm going to get through because I want to make sure that this sermon stays with you as we are entered into the second half of this year. My goal is to make sure that this stays with you so that no matter what happens to you, you understand that God is going to make sure that you and I are fruitful, that we accomplish all that He has called us to accomplish. As I said earlier, uh, in 606 B.C., that Babylon... uh, or Judah, which is praise, was invaded by Babylon, which means confusion. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, uh, now the Lord is that spirit, and what is, no, sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. So when you see confusion coming in your life, you need to understand that the enemy Satan, whose name means opponent, or devil, whose name means uh, liar, slanderer. He wants to lie to you about yourself. He wants to lie to you about other people. And he wants to lie to you about God. He wants to create confusion in your home, confusion in your life. But God is the author of peace. So we have Babylon invading Judah. And in 606 BC, as I said earlier, part of that captivity was Daniel. And then Babylon comes in again in 597 B.C. And again, part of that captivity or exiles was Ezekiel. And between 606 B.C. and 586 B.C., we find this man named Jeremiah who he prophesies. And Jeremiah says, even though Babylon has come in, and even though Babylon is trying to ruin your life, Jeremiah says, I know the plans, and I brought this out, no, this puzzle out. He God says, I I know the plans that I have for you. Everybody is born just like this. What do you mean? Each and every one of you have a purpose. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Every one of us have a purpose. You are not a mistake, are you with me? You are not a oops. God planned for you even if your parents didn't. Can I get some help up in here? God, God planned for you, you're not a mistake. You, you, you have an assignment, you have a purpose, and, and so God says to uh, the, the nation of Judah, in the midst of all this craziness that's going now, and I have a plan. Now the interesting thing, about this is that though, and I did this last week, though God has a plan for you, unfortunately you're born in a bunch of pieces. (laughs) And many times we look at, I'm preaching up in here already, we're looking at our lives like this. And we're wondering how is this going to become this? I'm going to preach to you, my wife. As we know logically, this becomes this only by a person's hand. Whoo, that, you know, come up here. Just because I'm not feeling them right now, but we got this. It's going to take the hand of God on your life, in your future, in your past, and in your present. He, uh, he is Alpha and He's Omega. And somehow God takes His hand, and I'm going to preach to somebody, and, 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 tells, oh yes, Holy Spirit, and tells uh, 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 an occupier of your home that you need to move, and then he puts his hand on a realtor who just so happens to like you. And then he brings in a financial institution that says, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to give you a certain rate, and and somehow he mixes it all together, and the next thing you know, you're living in a house that you don't deserve because God has the ability to take the broken pieces of your life and make it into this. (laughs) Nothing, uh, Nothing can stop the hand of God from what he intends to do with your life. I don't care what has happened to your life, God has a plan. How do you know that? As I shared with you uh, a couple of years ago, now my wife is a, is a uh, uh, had encountered uh, sexual abuse and, and the enemy was saying, see, you, you will never become God what God wants you to become. But look at her now. Look at her now. And every one of you have a story, and turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. the enemy enemy try to destroy me, me. but look at me now to the glory of God, to the glory of God, to the glory of God. So in the midst of all this, God says to them, I'm still going to bring the pieces back together. And then in 586 B.C., as God says, I'm going to bring it back together, Jerusalem is burnt to the ground. The temple is burnt to the ground. And yet, in the midst of everything being destroyed, thank you, Jesus, in the midst of saying, how how will this ever come back together? How are you going to do it? This same prophet... Looking at everything burning to the ground, he, he prophesies Lamentations chapter 3, verse 26. And he says, The steadfast love of the Lord never fades, fay- his mercies never come to an end. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Can you, can you see your dreams, your plans, your Everything you thought was going to happen, can you see it being set on fire, burnt up to the ground, and, and still stand and look at it and say, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need that thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And just when you think that today is the last day of your life, you wake up in the morning and say, There are new. Every morning, new, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Every morning, great is thy faithfulness, O God, for they are new. Every morning, your mercies are new. Every morning, great is thy faithfulness i say this. Oh, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, His mercies never come to an end. You know my father passed away from COVID-19 in May of 2020. But they are new every morning, no matter what you're going new every morning. Because great is thy faithfulness, oh Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, take 30 seconds and bless Him. He is the faithful God. I don't care what the economy says, I don't care what people say. God is going to make happen what he is. God will do what he said he will do. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. Somebody needed, somebody needed to hear that. His faithfulness is new. His faithfulness is new, ha ha, his faithfulness is new, his faithfulness is new, his faithfulness. Come on, I'll give you time to praise him, I'll give you time to pray. he is worthy, he is worthy. Some of you have got pandemic blessings, some of you, oh my God, when the pandemic took other people down it seemed like you got a promotion in the midst of the pandemic, oh, he's worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. And you have not seen anything yet. He hasn't stopped. Some of you got into colleges that you couldn't dream of in the midst of the pandemic. yes, 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 yes. yes. Even if you're watching virtually, you ought to praise God. You ought to praise God in your home. You ought to praise God that you got a home that you're still trouble comes to start saying, God help me, I'm going to praise Him right now. He's worth, I'm going to praise Him for things that didn't happen to me. 600,000 people, over 600,000 people died from COVID and you're still here. And if you're over 60, you ought to praise Him that you're still here. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. There are a lot of funerals during COVID, but God is faithful, God is faithful. He sends Daniel to be the prayer and then he, he raises up Zachariah, because as God releases Israel from, he, he releases them supernaturally, 70 years later, as he promised in Jeremiah 29, 536 B.C., he releases Judah to go back to leave Babylon, confusion, and to return back to Jerusalem, the place of peace, the place of composure, the place of God's rest. But as they returned there, they forgot why God had them return. And sometimes we can be so blessed getting out of horrible situations that we forget that God brought us out so that we can give Him praise. He brought us out so that His reputation can be enhanced. and they got so focused on their things and their stuff that they forgot to build God's house that was lit in shambles. But in 520 B.C., God raises up this prophet Zechariah, the same Zechariah in the Bible, and the word Zechariah means the Lord remembers. The Lord remembers, and yes, remember means to call back to mind, but remember also means, re means back, and members means the fragments, the scraps, the pieces. God has the ability to take... Something that smashed and destroyed, and put it back together for His honor and His glory. And at the, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to show you what God has done, how this house used to look when we purchased it, and what God did. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. But my point is, is that He, God, raises up. this prophet Jeremiah to, to speak to Israel, to say no matter how things are going, even if it takes 70 years, I'm going to do what I promised. And some of you have promises, that the, and you're wondering, God, are you going to do this? I have, I, have, I have good news for you, Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not even a human being that he should change his mind. If he said it, he will do it. If he speaks it, he'll make it good, but we must wait on the Lord. The same Jeremiah says while, the, while everything is burning up, he says, in, and again, in Lamentation chapter 3, the Lord is good to them that wait on him, to the soul that seeks him. He is good if you wait on him. If you wait on him. Some of us, uh, when the bus is supposed to come and the train is supposed to come and it, sh- and it doesn't come in the time that it's supposed to come and, and, and we're waiting and we're waiting, some of us give the bus more time, give the train more time than we give God. Wait on the Lord. Everybody needs a Jeremiah in their lives. Everybody needs... A prophet and I want I want to point out the prophets in your life so that you would realize oh my goodness look what the Lord did to have me in mind oh yes Holy Spirit see when we're talking about a prophet there are two kinds of prophets the the office of the prophet that is when um, Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the five offices, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, the five-fold ministry, we call it grace, the hand of God, that's to, that's to help you mature. The, the prophet there is someone who, who foretells that they're able to say, this is what the Lord says, and they, they prophesy, they speak something in the future. Uh, many of you know that uh, uh, Cambridge Community Fellowship Church and Central Square Baptist Church, uh, if you don't know, they came together. One is uh, African-American, predominantly, Another, ch- the other church is Asian, and they came together and formed Central Square Church on Juneteenth wow. 2020. <laughs> Look at God, and all of a sudden, if you look, it's right up the street there, a church that lay dormant for decades. Now you see they're getting repairs and getting things done, and I was, I was, I was you know, me and Pastor Larry prayed together, Pastor Larry Kim, and he told me that uh, they're hoping, if they do that will be a miracle, but they're hoping to open up that church with its renovations uh, in August, in August. So even so, to me that means at least going to happen this year. But I said to him, we were talking, and, I, and he said, Bishop, and I didn't know that he said Pastor Chandler gave us a prophetic word, and this is why this is happening. The power of the prophetic word. And I want to let you know that you've had prophets speaking to your life. Because the other prophecy I want to talk to you where, where most of us are is 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3, and it says this, Paul, Paul says, an IV version, he says, the one who prophesies speaks to people to strengthen them, to encourage them, and to comfort them. How many of you were, have been in a place in your life where you were ready to quit and throwing the towel and somebody came to you and gave you one word of encouragement? and it kept you going. Can I get a witness out there? That, that Guess what? That was the prophet. I want to tell a story and then I want to pray for you millennials and Gen Zs. And, and I, I want to speak a blessing over your life that will protect you from the effects of the pandemic. Amen. I shared a a sermon last year where Time Magazine came out with an article in last May of 2020 and Time Magazine labeled you the pandemic generation. Say with me, that's a lie. That's a lie. Amen. You're not a pandemic generation you're a blessed generation. And God, out of the ruins, God is gonna make a masterpiece. I I went to public school, uh, Western Junior High School in Somerville. In the 8th grade, I was a star athlete. I was getting ready, as we go into the ninth grade, and I, I shared this story with you before, but there's details that I want to share that you may not know. And I was, I was like a C-minus student. Like, it was just, hey, I'm here to play sports, hoping to be a professional football player. Um, I, I, was, I was about to be, as you go, in junior high, junior high in Somerville back then, it was seventh to ninth grade. Uh, Reverend Karen and I, we were in the same grade, and she was one of the smart people. Uh, so, but I wasn't quite as smart as she, she was. But I, I, I was slated to be, as the ninth grade, which is freshman year, I was slated to be the captain of the football team, the captain of the baseball team, and the captain of the basketball team. I was about to be big man on campus and at the age of 14 is like, that means with stardom comes girls, (laughs) hallelujah. (laughs) I'm just keeping it real. (laughs) And my mother decides that she is going to take me out of public school (laughs) and put me in Catholic school. And first of all, um, the guys in my neighborhood had a certain phrase about the high school I was going to go to. Um, Very derogatory term. And so when she said, You're going to go to that school, I was like, No, I'm not. And she said, Yes, you are. And I said, No, I'm not. And then she said, Well, you got to take a test to get in that school." And I said, well, okay, but in my mind, I said, I'm going to flunk that test on purpose. (laughs) So I sat there for the test. When I opened up the test, I said, I don't have to flunk on purpose. (laughs) I'm going to flunk, period. I was so sure that I flunked that I just went on with my business, and a letter came in, and I opened it up, and I could not believe that I got into Father Matignon High School in Cambridge. I was so upset. I was so upset that I really, I really of course, you didn't realize, I didn't realize then, I'm only 14, didn't realize the sacrifices my parents were making in order to change my future. Because the one thing I did have respect for is money. And once I knew my parents were paying for school, I said, okay, let me make the best of this. And so, I'm now a freshman in Mount Non High School. My first class is history and we're studying about the Reformation and Martin Luther and the Renaissance, and, and all I did was flunk, flunk I, I flunked every quiz and every test in that class. And when I, and my teacher, my history teacher was Mrs. Lightsinger. I am 62, so that's almost 50 years ago, and I still remember Mrs. Lightsinger, my prophet, my prophetess. I got my grade back for the quarter, and Mrs. Lightsinger gave me a D minus, which was the lowest possible passing grade you could get. Me being the honest Christian that I was, I mean, still am, uh, (laughs) I went to Mrs. Lightsinger and I said, I know I came from public school, but I can do math. I got F's and E's. Why did you give me a D minus? And I will never forget her words. She said, I gave you a D minus, Brian, because I know you can do the work. That was her prophecy to me. I know you can do the work. Wasn't she didn't speak in tongues? She didn't say, "Thus saith the Lord." She simply said, "I know you can do the work." And for the next three quarters, I didn't get a grade lower than an A minus. The, the power of someone just speaking into your life a timely word, and it changed my trajectory. And I went from basically a C minor student to a B-plus student, and ended up getting into a good university, but all because of that, one word. So what I want to do right now, I want to close by being your prophet. And I, I want to use uh, Edozi. I want you to come. I'm going to use Edozi as a point of contact for, for every millennial and Gen Z. Edozi should be a statistic a young black man who grew up with all his dad around, but God blessed him with a mother who's a mom and a dad. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. I'm not sure how many know this, but Adolzie is going to be spending his summer. Get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got the story right. Look. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to tell my story of him. <laughs> Doze working for ESPN this summer. Oh, it gets better. And he's spending his first freshman year in Paris doing studies. Because he had prophets. And some of you were prophets speaking encouragement into his life. And there's stories all over our church. It's not just a dozy of the prophet. The word prophet, it it comes from, let me make sure I get the word right, it it comes from a Greek word, profanei, which means. I means to speak, and pro means forth. So you're, you're, you're sending a word into a person's future. And I want to anoint you, Adozi. I want to anoint you. And what I want to do is I want to bless every... Adozi is just going to be the point of contact, but I want to bless... Every millennial and Gen Z, I want you to stand right now where you are. If you're a millennial, that means if you're 40 years old and under, you can stand. And I I wanna bless you. I wanna bless you. I want to bless, look at, wow, look at this. I wanna bless you. I want to release blessing in your life. Now I want to encourage you, because some of you don't have any idea what the word bless means. One definition of the word bless is to empower for success, to say words that empower you for success. But um, I, I want to run around the church, but I can't because I want to bless you. The word bless comes from an old English word, Bledsion, Bled, B-L-E-D-I-S-O-N, Bled, Bledison. And the word bledison literally means to mark by blood. To mark by blood. What's the big deal, Bishop? Read Exodus chapter 12 where Israel on the Passover, they put blood the entrance so that when the death angel came, when he saw the blood, he passed over that house. What am I saying? I'm saying that when someone blesses you, God is basically saying the things that were supposed to happen to you as an Egyptian, living with the Egyptians, I'm going to pass over you. I'm going to make sure that stuff that happened to other people doesn't happen to you. And if that does happen, I'm going to put my hand into the mess and create a masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10. Turn to somebody and say, you are God's masterpiece. So, I want you to put your hands out right now. You can face me because when you bless, I can look at you. And put your hands out and Amen. I, are you all under 40? Yeah, yes, Stan, Amen. you look. You want to get in on this blessing. I don't care if you're a child, put your child. This, 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 this is for real. I believe that many people are struggling because they've never been blessed. But I'm going to bless you with a four-part blessing, and then we're going to conclude. And I believe that from this moment on, something is going to happen in your future. In fact, I asked God, I said, God, before the end of this month, I want to, I want to hear things happened that wouldn't have happened if I didn't bless this generation. And some of you are saying, well, my goodness, I wish I was at church. If you are in your house, stand where you are. If you're in your room, stand where you are. If you are, if you have your phone and you just so happen to be sitting and dunking donuts, stand right there. If you are watching the recording, stand where you are and get in on this blessing. The name of Dozi means God has restored. God has restored. Genesis chapter 42 verse 28 says, And he said to his brethren, My money is restored. And lo, it is even in my sack. And their hearts failed them. And they were afraid, saying to one another, What is this that the Lord God has done unto us? What is this? How did I get this money back. What did the Lord do to me? So I bless you, Dozy, and I bless everybody who's standing to see God restore and remember your finances in Jesus' name. Say, I receive that blessing. Job chapter 20 verse 10 says, his children shall seek to please the poor. And his hands shall restore their goods. I bless you, the Dozy, Millennials, Gen Zs, to be used by God to bring biblical justice to the poor. You will be used by God to remember and restore the goods that the poor have been denied in Jesus' name. Say, I receive that blessing. Psalm chapter 23, verse 3, which talks about the Lord is my shepherd. He restoreth, he refreshes, he circumcises, he revives my soul, my mind, my emotions, and my will. He leadeth me, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his sake, for his name's sake. Like a laptop computer, like a cell phone is refreshed. I bless you with a restoration that comes only from the Holy Spirit, that not only refreshes and revives you, but also circumcises your heart, cutting out the cancerous cells that our culture influences you with. Say I received that blessing. blessing. And finally, Job, sorry, Joel chapter 2 verse 25, Lord have mercy, I love this one. And I will restore to you the years, the decades that the locust has eaten. I bless you to see that at the end of your lives, God will prove himself faithful to restore anything and any years you may have potentially lost during this pandemic season there will not be loss, there will be gain to you, and at the end of your life, what the devil meant for evil is going to work up for your good, I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and everybody say, I received that blessing. Now come on, why don't you praise God right now? Come on, let's stand up right now and bless the Lord. In God's good heart. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, I pray over this congregation, not just Gen Zs and millennials, but over all of us. You have sent people into our lives to speak words of encouragement, words of comfort, words of urging us to move forward. And many times we didn't hear that those words of encouragement came from you. But Lord, open our ears and eyes to understand that you are sending prophets, into our lives people who will speak and encourage every one of us every one of us can look at our lives and see how god strategically by his hand put some mrs light singers in our lives amen just before i close out in prayer how many of you have as you look over your life you had a mrs light singer you had a mrs light singer maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was uh, a banker. Maybe it was a professor. Maybe it was a, a boss. But you had a Mrs. Lysinger. Maybe it was a neighbor. It, right now, just for 30 seconds, can you just thank God for that Mrs. Lysinger? Thank God for that person He strategically put in your life. Maybe, maybe this church is your Mrs. Lightsinger, But God puts people in your life that, my goodness, changed your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As we're about to close, mm, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, then I guess this morning, I am the prophet to your life, to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus, who is the person who has the ability to put the broken pieces, the fragments of your life that doesn't make sense, he has the ability to do so. That's why he died on the cross of Calvary. So often we quote John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But the next verse says... That God did not send his son into the world to condemn you. No, he didn't, he, he's not here to point out your faults, your sins, your errors. He can't sent Jesus Christ to rescue you from sin, to rescue you from yourself. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, whether you are in this building or watching virtually you want to give your life to Jesus Christ and you're saying, "Uh, Bishop Brian, could you just pray for me? I want to receive Jesus. You don't have to come up here. Just slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying for. You say, hey, I I want to receive Christ. Whether you're in this room, I want to make sure that amen. And maybe someone's watching virtually. You want to receive Christ. You're watching in your car. You're watching in your room. If you want to receive Christ, I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, and this is for you who are watching virtually. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now, and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is that Jesus does not live in my heart. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin, and you rose again so that I could become a child of God. So Jesus, I'm asking you, come into my heart, take away my sin, and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. Right now, I know I'm a child of God. Can we just praise God right now for those who (laughs) accepted Christ? And if you prayed that prayer, um, and you've been watching virtually, please email us at the email address that's noted on the screen, so that we can give you a free Bible or anything you need to grow spiritually. And if you're in this room, and you didn't raise your hand, but you did say that prayer and receive Jesus, speak to one of the ushers, and uh, and they'll make, they'll put you in contact with somebody to make sure that you get materials that will help you to grow in your walk with God. God bless you, and I wanna just send, say a closing blessing over all of you. Uh, Want to remind those, uh, uh, the women in our midst that again, there's a nice rose, downstairs waiting for you. Hopefully we have a rose for everybody. Um, we're just grateful to God for all he's doing. I believe also that after this service, as you know, what those of you may not know, but we used to be pre COVID-19 pandemic. We used to have a reception in the lower sanctuary. We no longer do that. Uh, we're going to have uh, the welcome uh, uh, committee. They're, they're in black shirts. Wait for them to uh, lead you to exit your row, And we're having our receptions now in Dana Park. So please, don't don't congregate in front of the church because what happens is that it makes it difficult for people who live in the neighborhood to walk uh, the sidewalk and end up walking in the street and we don't want any accidents. So please, if you want a fellowship and say hello to folks, just go to Dana Park. It's like 100 feet away from here. We have some refreshments that are COVID-friendly, and that way we can spend some time just fellowshipping. Uh, God bless you, and I want to give you the closing blessing. Uh, if you could put your hands out. And this is found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. May the Lord, may, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May He look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you this week. May the Lord make His face shine, grim, and beam, and show His pleasure on you this week. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, and pleasant to you, and compassionate to you this week. May the Lord this week show you His favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with Him. And finally, may the Lord give you His shalom, His peace, His rest, His harmony, His calmness, His composure, His prosperity, and His success. And may the Lord remove anything this week that causes agitation or discord, which is divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you. If you have your offering, as you're going out, just drop your offering in the basket. Wait for the, wait for the uh, ushers or the welcome committee. They're going to come up each aisle. And when they're at your aisle, just file out accordingly. God bless you. Following today's sermon, if you desire us to pray with you, please go to ptspice.org forward slash pray for me, where you can join our post-service prayer room or submit a written prayer request. The prayer room will be open for 30 minutes after the end of service. We want you to know that we are here for you.